The OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. The OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com, and this weekend the Open Series rolls into Portland, Oregon with $10,000 prize pools in both the Standard and Legacy Opens. If you can't be there, be sure to tune into SCGLive.com and catch Patrick Sullivan and Cedric Phillips bringing you all the action. Join the discussion on Twitter with hashtag SCGPort. So make plans to join StarCityGames.com in Portland, and we'll see you there. Welcome to a very special episode of Yo MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco. And I'm Big Head Joe. And we are joined by Michael J. Flores. Hello. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's been a while. And uh, I think I think the first thing we need to do is, uh, is let's catch up with, with Big Head Joe. Because for those of you guys who don't know, Joe moved to Texas, uh, in, what, at the... End of March, early April, right? It was like April 9th I left okay. Baltimore. And Joe and I, uh, we, we, we've had uh, communications, usually via Twitter or text, but the first time we had an actual phone conversation was 20 minutes ago when he called me and told me <laughs> he was on his way home to record this podcast. Uh, yeah. So Joe and I haven't even really, really uh, talked. So, so Joe, how, how's Texas? It's cool. I mean, that's the opposite of what it is. It's so hot, but uh, it's great. Um, I'm liking it a lot. Um, so it's been an interesting couple months. So I, I moved out to Denton, which is about an hour north of like DFW, Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, moved in with a guy I went to college with. Um, Signed a year lease. So that's where you still live then, right? Obviously. No, no, it's not. So listen, <laughs> no, this is great. So check it out, right? So I, I got a job at a store that was a, uh, was a bit of a ways for me in terms of like, you know, because I don't drive. So buses in Texas aren't the best. Um, it's about a an hour and a half. Where the best? Like you think you're just like, oh, you know what the best mode of transportation is? The bus. <laughs> you know what? It's pretty damn good down here in Dallas, which is where I am now. Spoilers. Um, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. You guys. Oh, this is so it's so good to talk to both of you. Anyway, um, lived in this place for a couple months. Like within the first couple days. The guy I was living with was like getting on my case for stuff he had like no bit like like just like you need to do the dishes. I'm like, dude, there's like two dishes in the sink. I'm like, and I, I like confronted him. I was like, look, we don't need to do this, man. I was like, we're, I thought we were friends. We don't need to have this stupid nonsense like real world drama. Like 
I think I'm like there are no cameras on us. We're not going to win. No one's going to win at being roommates here. You know, we both got to live together. We signed a year lease. Let's do this. You said real world just now referring to the MTV show drama. Is that correct? Exactly. Is that reference way too old for me? They still do the real world. Yeah. The young whippersnappers know what it is. I was I'm just trying to do the real world. The, the only exposure to the real world that I have anymore, and I used to watch it religiously, is The Miz. That's right. And he, he's pretty awesome. Um... But, you know, I, I think Pedro and Puck, so I am old. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't like you, but you have to respect me. Anyway, now there's you know, a 15-year-old. Judd Winnick from that season actually went on to become, like, an incredibly famous comic book writer, right? Yeah, that's true. He sure did. And Puck did go on to be an incredibly famous jerk. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, not incredibly famous. I guess famous for being a jerk. Hey, it sounds like someone I know. And any anyone you guys just thought was correct. Um, that, that was that was who uh, Big Head was thinking about. That person. Exactly. Oh, uh, <laughs> any of them. Uh, so a couple months go by, and and my then every every month around the middle of the month, my roommate just starts harping on me about the rent. He's like, "You're gonna have the rent on time this month, right?" I'm like. Yeah, it's like the 15th, dude. Like, chill out, you know? I was never once late with the rent, right? All this weird stuff. It was just weird and weird and weird. Finally, I I just have it. I mean, I've just had it. He's like, he sends me like these, these sequential texts. He's like, well, you, you know, I need my credits at stake here, and you need to say, it's like the 29th, right? Right. It's like the, it's, my credit's at stake, and you need to set, turn the rent in. And if you don't, we're gonna be in trouble. And, blah. and I was like, dude, I have my check with me to cash it and to make a money order for the rent today. You know, like I know what I have to do. Stop. And I and I got frustrated. I was like, dude, you should start finding looking for someone else to live here. I don't know how much longer I can put up with this. You know. And he was just like, Mur, you signed a lease. Deal with it. Blur, blur. You know. So. I go I, – I, I leave for like four or five days, right? I'm staying down at my girlfriend Katie's house, who I'm living with now. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> and um, I, I finally get come home after like four or five days of just staying the hell away from this guy. And he, he he's like, so you want to move? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, why? I'm like, if you don't know by now, you're an adult, Blah, blah, blah. And he – so anyway, he calls me irrational and immature, right? Mm -hmm. Then after calling me irrational and immature, he hides the dishes, the silverware, the pots and pans. I'm not done. The couch cushions, the light bulbs in the bathroom, the toilet paper, the shower curtain – and hides them in a locked room in our house and hides the key. I mean, it's, is it really hiding if you know that they're in the locked room? I mean, sure, you don't have access, but it's not really hiding. You know, well, like. you know, but he puts it all away in the room and locks the door. So, I mean, I don't have access to them. He my... can't use it either, right? Well, he can when I leave and he pulls it all out <laughs> back up. This is like a, lot a bizarro of episode of Friends. So, and then he's like, <laughs> and then he goes, and then, and then after doing all that, he goes, "Don't do anything rash, or you'll be sorry," and leaves the house. <laughs> right. So, so 
So what and rash things did you do? Has a, he has a loaded handgun in the house, right? So I, I'm at this point like, yo, I don't even want to deal with this. So what I do is I go with my camera, picture, 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 picture of all the things he did. And I email them to the landlord straight away. And I go, hi, I really hope you'll be cool with me needing off this lease right now. But I need off this lease right now. And I'm like, hopefully we won't have to go to court. Hopefully we can just get some paperwork taken care of and get this done. But here's what this dude is doing. He has a gun in our house. I don't feel comfortable. I need out. And the landlord, who's supposed to be like the guardian of the lease, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the person who holds the lease in the highest regard, says, I totally understand. I'll start working on it. <laughs> right? Right on. And, and, and meanwhile, sub story, I'm not going to get too far into it. Meanwhile, my dad sides with this kid before listening to my side of the story. <laughs> I mean, Big Head, have you given your dad over the course of the last 30 years or so a reason to side with this kid? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter if I have or not. But anyway, I'm not going to go on and on about that because I could. But So now I'm living down in Dallas. It's really awesome. Jerry Jones literally lives 10-minute walk from my house, and I think Mark Cuban lives a few houses up from that. So I'm in a pretty cool neighborhood. Uh, oh, George – I don't think George Michael lives here anymore, but Brett Hall does uh, for our Canadian listeners, uh, for our circular bacon-eating listeners. Shout out to the A-team. Cause, what up? You know, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's oh, Canada. KYT. Yeah. Mana deprived. They don't have enough mana in Canada. No, they don't. <laughs> They're always They're missing land drops. Round. So now so now I'm living down here. Um chilling. You know, I'm um, I'm happy as hell. Uh, have I am straight edge? I've been straight edge for over two months at this point. Um, I did start a blog about it. I haven't updated it in a long time because I've been working really hard since I moved. Um, I read the first couple of episodes of your blog. I thought it was excellent. And you know I mean, I, I mean this in the absolute most flattering way, big head. Like I I had no clue that you could express yourself so so well and have such an engaging stories and really like have such collected organized thoughts i was incredibly impressed coming from your first fan of your podcast like like, wow big head's really good at this kind of stuff (laughs) it's interesting that i i never really really encountered you um expressing yourself in that way (laughs) what maybe clear thoughts or you know or allow you to to uh to do so yeah that's what i'm saying he's like i never encountered you and i said sober (laughs) no but um (laughs) uh, (laughs) there's some truth to that i really do appreciate that mike i mean that's 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 awesome great writing's outstanding i mean i think that you know whatever the comments naysayers or you know you do do whatever you want with your life well thank you tell us about your magic experience in texas Sure. And why, what decisions you've come to and why. Well, anyway, I moved here and I have some friends over in Fort Worth area who were like, yeah, we should hang out. We should play some cards and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I'm going to have some people to play with when I go to Texas. So I come out to Texas 
and like those guys are like an hour south of me and like the one guy who was like yeah we should play the only one who would drive uh like goes to utah for like three weeks at a time for work so i get out here and i barely have anyone to play cards with and it's not like you know I mean, I show up at F and M at the uh, at the shop around the way, and like people are like, "Oh, your podcast, blah blah blah." You know, people know about us, so it's mm-hmm. not like we're strangers, or I don't feel too bad. It's that's one of the cool things about the podcast is being able to like kind of show. And Joey, I'm sure you know the way this feels, and Mike, I'm sure you know even more than either of us. Um, but it's a new feeling for us being able to kind of just show up anywhere and have people be like, "Hey, what's up?" And you kind of feel like a part of something. Yeah. You know? And it's a really cool feeling, and it's just great, like, to have such a cool community to, like, be a part of. But, um, but so, but with those feelings aside, you know, like, my friends that I thought I was going to be playing with weren't really around to play. Um, wanting to only play red decks, it looks like all formats have become very, very hostile towards red decks. And it seems like a very hard time going for for the red player um it also seems I mean, isn't like that, doesn't it always seem that way though i mean when was the last time people oh you know what red is so it's so friendly to red 1997 yeah, no it was, <laughs> the, was time, time? That, that guy top eight at the gp that you convinced me not to play red in thanks um no <laughs> i mean the, the gp was won by a deck full of baneslayer angel i don't know if you recall i don't know looking at this i've been looking at the results of of the SCG opens and all these things and looking at the standard decks and looking at the legacy decks and like, I just, I don't know. Like, I just don't have any interest in it. Honestly, like, like those decks, like, I don't know what it is. It's, it is, I'm sure it's a combination of factors, not wanting to have to spend the money to be part of the rat race of standard. Um, not really like, having the financial stability, I guess, to maintain a collection. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm like, these are resources. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I thought you became a powerful binder grinder. That's true. Well, yeah. I was. And that's the other thing is that I kind of lost my outlet for that when I moved. That's the, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. like I don't really have the people, like the, the resource, the, the network to trade with. I mean, other traders are as much of a resource as the cards in their binder. You know what I mean? And without the resource of the traders, obviously you don't have the binders to look through and you don't have the cards in them. So like it was just and, – and, and also that's the other thing. The only store near my house wouldn't let you trade during the events. And I couldn't get there before the event. And by the time the event was over, I wanted to go home. Right. You know what I mean? So I didn't – even at my local store, I couldn't trade really. Yeah, that's such a shame like that. Not in any sort of uh, productive way. Yeah. You know, so like, so I kind of lost a lot of like my ability to do it the way I wanted to do it, you know, Um, and, and then I moved and I mean, I had that move that kind of happened out of nowhere, you know what I mean? Where I had to move. Um, So I sold all my cards, all of them. I sold all of them. Um, and I don't regret it at all. Like, I really don't. Um, what's funny is the day I posted that tweet about quitting Standard and selling all my cards, mm-hmm. I went across the street and bought, like, seven packs. <laughs> but they were but they were 50% off, and um, Katie wants to learn how to play Magic. 
So the other thing I bought that day, they were also 50% off, was I bought three Lorwyn theme decks. Yes. I got the Elves deck, the, the Merfolk deck, and the Goblin deck. Lorwyn, they were six fifty each. If you look on Star City right now, they sell the Elf deck for like 30 bucks. Wow. So, so it was pretty sweet. Um, and now tomorrow, I'm actually on my day off. I'm taking the bus out to Garland, Texas to go to a Barnes & Noble because they have the Ears of the Elves, Duels of the Planeswalkers deck. I'm <laughs> pimping out that, uh, that Elf deck, man. I'm going to add that deck to it. So anyway, I've been making like casual decks, man, and just having fun with it, you know? Um, but the thing is, like, I mean, I want to play Magic. I don't want to quit. Like, I'm not – I'm far from quitting playing the game. I mean, the game has been a huge part of my life, and I, I love the game, you know? I mean, you guys know where I'm coming from with that, right? Absolutely. Go okay. find some cats to play Cube with, man. Yeah, Cube could happen. I mean, that might be down the line, but, I mean, it's a, it's a long time coming for me in terms of, like – I'd have to put one together and convince people to play it, I think. But anyway, I mean, like – Return to Ravnica looks really cool. Um, I'm I'm really excited to play uh, in a pre-release for that set. Um, and I I mean you know Joey that I love the uh, sealed PTQ season, and um, I might you know if the bug hits me I might start looking for some sealed PTQs and hitting those up. But I don't really want to play standard. I don't think anymore. So I'm kind of looking more into. Uh, when I do start playing again in any sort of competitive level, I'm looking to play some limited. What's it called? The SCG Dallas is coming up in a few months. Uh, yep. Do you know anything about that, Joey? I will be there. I will be there doing commentary and lending Big Head Joe a deck. Yeah, I mean, so I, I say that? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm going to play standard. No, I'm going to play standard at that event because, eh, why not? Don't play standard anymore. Don't need to do anything to get a deck. I just go, Joey, give me a deck. You go, okay, and give me a deck. And I go, screw it. I'm going to play. I'm not even going to read it. I'm going to, on purpose, not going to even read about the format. I'm just going to grab a deck and play. Um, (laughs) So you give me the best deck in the format, and I'm going to play in the event. I'll I'll have to call Michael J. Flores and ask him what the best deck in the format is, and then uh, we'll we'll put Is there going to be Delver still then? (laughs) Yes. Sounds about right. I mean, yeah. Hey, we don't know. You know, it's all about the context. We have to. If Delver's all over Legacy, dude, it's gonna be in Standard, even if the decks change. Like it's got. I mean, how how tough of a bet has it got to be that Delver and Snapcaster Mage are still good at this point? True. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like I know that they're awesome in every format. Like Legacy has four hundred sets and. Snapcaster Mage and especially Delver's <laughs> Secrets are two of the strongest creatures there. But I'm sure the new Golgari Guild Mage is just going to force <laughs> Delver's Secrets right out of the metagame. Well, those guys are only one color. That's not how standard's going to be. I'm a little skeptical that the Delver Secrets won't be a very strong card still. Sure. That is but, a fair assessment. Anyway, my point is, you know... Uh, Look at me not going against the grain. You just give me the best net deck there is, and I'm going to smash it against the <laughs> format. And why not, right? Are there going to uh, be some kind of steam vents yet? If there's some steam vents that Big Head can play, he could play like Delver, Secret, Snapcaster, Mage, and Burn spells, and he can like just pretend he's playing his red deck well, except for have some awesome I, cards. I don't have steam. So I don't know about any Steam events, but um, if there are any <laughs> events available on Steam, I'm sure that uh, 
somebody will know about them. Even though I wasn't planning on getting into this particular topic yet, uh, we'll just jump to this for now. So sure. let's just talk Ravnica because seems like we want to talk we're, about we're right? all like return to Ravnica, Joseph. Actually, I'm talking both Ravnica. I'm saying like what what do we like want to see? Ravnica. Old school Ravnica. What what made Ravnica so exciting to us? Like I like you said, Karoos uh, were awesome. Shocklands were awesome. I think the general. Uh, perception or the general consensus is that shocklands will likely be returning everybody's kind of expecting them at this point um but you know we've we've been shocked before also been lightning bolted fire blasted um pirate. you sure have if you've sat across from me there you go <laughs> so uh, but what what i like i liked remand oh yeah i like compulsive research i like court hussar court hussar was okay i'm that just i was in this girl I like that guy. Okay. Oh, you did love Court Hussar, didn't you? I, I do remember playing that card quite a bit. Joe, what do you uh, what do you remember about the original Ravnica that you liked? I'm trying to remember even what I was playing back then. What I remember you playing was when Guild Pact came out, Guild Pact and or Dissension, you were playing like Burning Tree Shaman and uh, – I feel like you had some sort of red-green deck with Burning Tree Shaman and maybe I don't even think so. That, no, or... you had – no, when I came back – I remember I came back into town to visit and we went over to Waltz, right? Yeah. And you were looking for the Burning Tree Shamans. I didn't have any because it was like a $15, $20 card then. And I yeah. was like, Mr. Don't give a crap about $15, $20 cards. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean was I working on my – was I still messing with my mill deck? I probably was, right? <laughs> probably. What was, Glimpse the Unthinkable. That oh, was yeah, they were, they were I nice. really wanted back then. You, yeah, that card actually made the top eight of a Pro Tour, but by glimpsing himself, he would he would dredge. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, not something that Joe would have been thinking about. <laughs> no. It's like, Glimpse, Traumatize, Wheel and Deal, Mass Orb. I was still qualified for the Pro Tour at the time when Ravnica, the first one, came out. That's right. You I played remember- in, the, in the team Pro Tour. or It was, it was Block, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was qualified for individual pro tour as well, uh, and it was like I think, extend. I think it was extended. Was the first pro tour it was like L.A. maybe, mm-hmm. and you know, there's like any any Ravnica ish format. There's like infi decks you can play, but you know, particularly in extended, the very very wide variety of decks you can play. And BDM was like, I think you should try this card in your Psychotog deck. I mean, it seems pretty powerful to me. I'm like, shut up, BDM. You your stupid Golgari Grave Troll idea. Like, no one is ever going to play that card. So ever since then, anytime BDM has some sort of stupid idea, it's usually it's usually actually pretty sicko. Um, <laughs> but like at a time, it's like, oh, Golgari Grave Troll. Why would I play this? Can't even cast it. I remember God. thinking Graveshell Scarab was awesome. That guy was sweet. That was that was a top deck, or was, I don't know, maybe it was Swimming with Sharks still back then, but that was a Flores preview card. I though. was going to say, did you Almost preview it? Sweet. You sold me on it, I guess, is what it was. I was we like, we played that this. guy. We played that guy in the, uh, I don't know if you guys know about the, the Wild Gifts deck. Do you know this deck? Uh, it, the name sounds familiar. Yeah, it's like from Worlds the next year. Uh, Josh Rabbit's finished like ninth or something that that world's okay he actually presented 61 on the last day of standard so uh he took a loss where he didn't have to but it was like uh. basically the sweetest deck i ever made uh and always, the funny thing he always says is like 
man, if they had video deck text back then, we totally would have gotten one. Like, <laughs> like, it was like, uh, gifts and given, but you like gifts for like the coolest stuff. Like you would give some given for like Shinka, Shizo and a and, uh, life from the loan. And like the deck was like four colors, maybe even five colors. And the, so you had like the legend land from every different color. Mm-hmm. And so depending on what colors your opponent was, you would go get their legend land to like strip mine them. <laughs> nice. And then like, like life from the loam at back. And it was just like life from the loam, wildfire, gifts ungiven, Sakura tribe elder. And it was like, you mostly wanted grave shell scarab because like everything was like getting blown up with wildfire. Your opponent would have enough removal for your Kamigawa dragons or whatever, but like grave shell scarab would eventually get them. Um, I don't know. It was like, Literally, it was like the sweetest deck. If you like, uh, the the thing that that I made it for was to beat the Juicy Blue deck because mm-hmm. you know it just made the Juicy Blue deck was so successful at states that one year. Like, well, what if you like gifts ungiven for Bosiju? Like, you, you gifts you can give her for Bosiju. Like, no matter what they do with it, and like life from the loam, you can eventually get the Bosiju back, and then you know resolve some sort of heinous stuff for them. Like, even if you just have like a Bosiju, and then you can you can putrefy all their guys, like uncountable putrefy. It's like still pretty good. Yeah. Like you reminded me of all these cards now, like putrefy life from the loam, mortify, like all those, those cards. It was just that the whole block was just so awesome. It's interesting. So we have all these great memories of the set and there's a lot of players that probably just have never played, um, at all with the Ravnica cards. Uh, so we've got this new set coming up, and we've got a couple cards that have been officially spoiled that we we can talk about. So, uh, Mike, you've seen these cards. Joe, you've seen these. I, I sent you the link, so I assume you've Yeah, I, I've been, I've been uh, you know, following the Return to Ravnica spoilers as they come up, so... So most of the stuff we have is from uh, from Izzet versus Golgari, and right. know, my favorite of them is Izzet Charm, which... Oh, that card is sweet. Yeah, so it's it's an instant for a red and a blue, and you choose one. Counter target non-creature spell unless its controller pays two, so it's very spell pierce-ish. Uh, yeah, so it's like it's R more than a spell pierce, but you right. have like other options. You could also think of it as kind of like a, a less flexible, more flexible negate, right? So mm-hmm. it's a negate that can counter stuff that a negate can't. Negate that can also kill a small creature. Right. Yeah, I mean like I'm trying to I'm trying to phrase this right. It's obviously like generally worse than a negate when you're casting it as a negate, right? But <laughs> Yeah, cuz a negate is a hard counter. Yeah, so it's not less flexible spell. from that standpoint, but then it's like way more flexible because of the uh the other options. Right. Yeah, so it's a soft counter, but it also can shock a creature. It can't it can't uh, hit a player. Um or it can careful study, so it would draw two, then discard two. So I just like this is is it charm? I can't wait to see the other charms. Uh, this card is just I, I want to play it in like every deck. But Joey, Ooh. if you've seen this one, why do you care about any of the other charms? Because the other Joey's char- like a he's an Azorius. That's what you are, uh, right? I'm like, definitely more yeah. Azorius. Yeah. Well, I mean, true. I'm a Demir, right? So like, I mean, this is. I, is is it is one of the color combinations I would consider playing, but you know, I, absolutely, I, I'm more of a Demir. I mean, I think that I would be a Simic, except for the fact that I find Simic to be a, a gross dis, uh, a gross disappointment from the perspective of someone who actually likes playing those kinds of spells. Like, I don't like the making plus one plus ones and 
goofball creatures. Like, <laughs> like the two hardest hitting colors in Magic, and like, you know, these are the colors of Remand and Civic Wayfinder. Surely we can do better than a penguin like, octopus that's like yeah. three six, and like <laughs> when it, when another creature comes into play, it returns to your library or something. Like, You're like a, a zero zero for four with like four plus one plus one counters. How clever! Oh my goodness! <laughs> you can move the plus one plus one counters. Like, come on! Like, it, you remember like being all like geared up, like man, the blue green tribe is going to be so sweet. Like after seeing cards like Reman and Compulsive Research, and even like Niv Mizzet or something like coming mm. through the second set, or or like Ghost Council was over, right? You're like, He's gonna, oh man. If stupid black white is going to get Ghost Council Warzova, how sweet is blue? What the? <laughs> it's pretty much exactly what is how this I felt. thing? <laughs> <laughs> really? I was like, coiling Oracle. This guy's awesome. What's next? Oh, there's yeah, like, there's I no mean, more good blue green. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, no, I mean, like Simic Sky Swallower is sweet, but like he's not like the he 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 ended up being like. The super duper guy, but like he wasn't supposed to be the headliner, right? You know, like that, just... that like unplayable like six drop guy. Was, like, I don't even remember. Like, he he, he was like, the he, shroud. That was it. It's like I mean, obviously you're playing blue, and here's a finisher. That was really all it was all about. I mean, uh, like, easy to protect. Sky Swallower was. I mean, that guy was sweet, but I mean, he. I expected more from the Simic tribe personally. Yeah, I think honestly, I was I was excited about the Simic tribe for you know when Ravnica block was originally around, and I was kind of disappointed, which I think is partly what pushed me into saying, okay, well, Simic disappointed me. I want to play blue white. You know, like I, I I'll stick with with blue white, and that may have pushed me into Azorius. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you look at it, also like Azorius came out at the same time as Simic, right? Same set. Yeah, I think because... Like, how much sweeter Azorius is than Right. Like, like Azorius Guildmage, like, that guy was... That was, like, a serious guy. Like, he just, like, put the kibosh on Heartbeat. Like, I yeah. mean, he, he was just, like, really foul up, like, a lot of different deck strategies just as a two-drop. And, I mean, like, Cortisar, like you were saying earlier, that guy was sweet. Yeah, I, I was uh, definitely more impressed with Azorius, and I think I kind of stuck with them for the most part since then. And uh, I'm hoping that they're going to be pretty awesome in this set. And luckily, we don't have to wait till the third set or even the second set for Azorius because they're showing up in, in Return to Ravnica. Joe, um, which of uh, which of these cards are you excited about? I mean, which guild were you, Joe? Which guild? You know, you think- now that I think about it, I think that I was playing a black-white deck because I remember the... Um- what was but the that's guy? Not who you are a big head. No, that's, that's true. Who you are like, like you know, you get a, you open up a sealed deck and you're playing like black white or whatever. I mean, that's that's because of your sealed deck. But but Amaric is saying, big head. <laughs> what's inside your soul? Who is your inner superhero? And you're not. It's not Orzov. I mean, no, like, it sure isn't Orzov. I mean, you you're know, a fool I, if I've ever met one. Maybe Arakdos. Really, I I don't know. Well, red black, yeah. I, I, I don't like think about it as being red black in this case because it's not just color affinity. Like, like uh, aesthetically, you're a Rakdos or a Gruel. Probably I think, a Gruel. I think Rakdos could 
could fit well. Um, I was. Well, I'm just saying, I wasn't very impressed with Rakdos the first go around. You know, um, but I really want. I remember really wanting to like the Rakdos guild the first the first time Ravnica happened. Yeah, I thought they were sweet. I thought was- hit, hit run was. Yeah, no, I mean, th- there were some cool cards, but I just wasn't, like, too impressed with it, and I don't uh, remember... Terry So's creature was, like, underrated, I thought. Um, Rakdos Augur Mage. Yeah. So, yeah. So, of these cards, then, that we've got here... Because, okay, just to just to go over some of the cool ones, or some of the, the names of the ones we're talking about. Uh, Street Spasm, Deadbridge Goliath, Dreg Mangler, Goblin Electromancer, Is It Charm, Gerard, Golgari, Lichlord. Okay, let's just go through all of them. You want to like, read them all? Okay. Better. All right. Uh, all right, then, Mike, go ahead and pick one to read. So it's just, I'm just going to go down the list, is that okay. right? Sure. So, Rootborn Defenses, uh, it's W2 Instant. Populate creatures you control are indestructible this turn. So, if I understand how populate works, uh, to populate, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of a creature token you control. Damage and effects that say destroy, don't destroy indestructible creatures. Do you actually have to have a token already to populate? Is that. Yeah. I think so, yeah. You do, yeah. So, if you have like a a Geist of St. Traft. And you swing, and they're like block, and you're like rootborn defenses. My Geist's chain Traft is indestructible. I'll copy my four four angel, uh, and then did you just make a tier one deck by like mentioning crap? No, I, I, I had thought of this. I, I don't earlier. think this is good. <laughs> well, I'm just saying good. This is, I'm just saying this is a reasonable no. reasonable use of this card. I'm trying to just think of an example, and it's an example I've already used. Illustrating so. like you know how how to operate the card at all, right? The, exactly. The, but With I a mean, card that's played, Geist of Saint Traff. So you yeah, get so, you get to keep the angel, you know, the angel that you got off of populate. The other angel that from Geist of Saint Traff goes away at the end of turn, but you now have a four four angel, and I still have a Geist of Saint Traff because he was indestructible. Which is a terrible thing to have. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I personally don't think this card's probably going to be a big hit in Constructed. What do you think of the mechanic, though? I think it's confusing. It does It does feel a little bit confusing because you're only copying one token, right? So it's not like you copy all well, your On tokens. this card, though. What yeah. if it says populate three? You know what I mean? What if there's a card that says populate three? Uh, I guess that's and a good like, point. Put three tokens I mean, on the battlefield. I actually that think that'd be like way worse, right? Like, are you, do I have to have three tokens? You're saying? Oh, no, you're no, saying no, I just I'm get saying, three tokens. Choose a token on the battlefield. Make three copies of it. In that you case, know? I think that the wording would actually be populate, populate, populate. You know what I mean? Because right. I think I think what it is, it's not a populate and a number, like the way they're they're wording it. Right. Because uh, if there was there there would be a one if it right. were. If it were one, right? Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, it would say populate, populate, populate. But but it's still it's interesting, and I guess we have to see what they come up with. But if I think this is the Selesnia mechanic, and so I mean it, it is the Selesnia mechanic. It's got the Selesnia uh, image on the on the picture, um, like the the watermark. I mean, I mean, I, I I would just argue that you know any almost any effect. I mean, not Sorrow's Path. But, like, even Squire. Like, you give someone a Squire in the right spot, it could be productive. But yeah. the question of whether or not the whether or not the, uh, the card's going to make Caliber for Constructed is, I think, 
its ability to compete with other cards, you know? Yeah. And I, it just seems just like you always have to have a token play for it to do anything. And it's actually kind of expensive. Like, it's like not must win the game by itself expensive, but three's not nothing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it all is dependent on what else we get. But no, you're right. I'm I I don't know about this particular card, but just trying to figure out situations where it might seem appealing, um, and the, the mechanic, I'm not sold on it. But then again, I'm also not. I didn't play Selesnya <laughs> when it was around the first time, and I don't expect to play it this time. Um, yeah, I I wish I could say that, but I want a PTQ with Selesnya. So oh, shame like, on you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? I tapped some of his guys and attacked with some of mine. <laughs> Fair enough. I had Wood Elves. Was equipped with Jide. Great. <laughs> so, Joe, you want to read the next one? Grim Roustabout. Uh, it's a 1-1 for a black and one. It's a creature skeleton warrior. It's a common. Uh, it has Unleash, which says, You may have this creature enter the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it. So this is Simic. No, I'm kidding. It can't block as long as it has a plus one, plus one counter on it. And it says you may have this. That's an interesting ability. And it has a black and one regenerate. And it's his, and it's uh, flavor text is he'll point you to your death row seats, which is convenient because it looks like he's pointing with those sickles. It's like your seats are to my right. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> He doesn't look just that over there. He looks like past, just over there, past the chain. No, but um, <laughs> any anyway, enjoy your stay. Enjoy your film. Have you stopped by the the concession stand? No. Um, but no. This is is that Rakdos? Is this yeah. a Rakdos? Okay, so this is Rakdos. So Rakdos is going to be How so Rakdos you- gets the stupid. Plus one, plus one abilities. Oh, you watermark correct this. All right. Yeah. I, I actually, I don't hate this thing. I mean, like, I know it's probably not that good, but, like, I actually really like the aesthetics of the Unleash mechanic. It seems cool. No, it and, does. I know. I, it really does. I'm just teasing about the, because we're like, the counter stuff was stupid, and it's like, these guys all have counter stuff. No, but, um. Yeah, I anyway. don't know. I, I'm. This is it seems a little bit weak, but you know it's basically just like okay, so I'm gonna pay two for a two, two this card in particular two for a two two regenerator that can't block like that seems that's like at best yeah right? he's, he's probably not good enough right like compare him to River Boa right. his regeneration is worse than River Boa's regeneration and he can't block yeah <laughs> <laughs> like uh, yeah it's probably not good enough to be River Boa if you don't unleash him he's drudge skeletons. So unless there's like a split card, you're like this is basically a split card of like half Drudge Skeletons, and then half like worse than Riverboa. Yeah, like when you when you glue those two together, so that's like it's the next Delver of Seeks. It's like Lazy Riverboa. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like Greens on Zenith is it's obviously the sweetest, right? Like it's it's half uh, Land War Elf, like half Primeval Titan, but like. <laughs> Like this guy's like half drudge skeleton, <laughs> half lazy <laughs> I mean, like, how much did you guys like Hellbent? Right? Like, did you guys not? I, I, I would guess you didn't like Hellbent very much, right? I didn't 
Joe, did you? I I actually didn't like Hellbent either, as much as I like to play decks where I have no cards in my hand. I was like, but if I have no cards in my hand, what do I do? Like, I mean, like I like John Becker was saying, like when the what's the name of the card when Banefire came out? Uh, oh yeah, ring, is it shards? Yeah, he's like, finally you can win a tournament again. It's like, <laughs> like all I did was like Hellbent Demon Fire, like forever. Oh, right uh, on, yeah. I mean, like, Hellbent Demonfire was, like, my favorite thing to do in decks with compulsive research and remand and and uh, scrying sheets and Oran Viper. So you were like, drawing a ton of cards, but you still were able to Hellbent Demonfire? I was Demon still Fire. able to Hellbent out, you know? Like, do you play with active spells, you know? Like, not just mono-defensive spells. And it's unbeatable. Like, <laughs> I'm going to put a... I'm going to draw a ton of cards... Some of those cards are going to be lands. I'm going to put the lands into play. I'm going to interact with you with a good portion of the rest of those cards. By the way, my last one is a 10-point demon fire. <laughs> like, it, it's it's pretty unbeatable. So the, the uh, you know, I, I was, I've always been very impressed by that. The Like, like I said earlier in this call, you know, I, I always liked Rakdos. I thought those guys were sweet, you know. What do you think about this new mechanic as compared to Hellbent? I actually, I think the, I mean, the aesthetics of it are really exciting to me. Like, obviously, I'm only seeing it on a Skeleton Warrior, but can you imagine putting this mechanic on, like, I don't know, maybe a 3-3 Haster? Like, I'm just imagining, like, things that are kind of like a Bogart Ram gang. Yeah, like, they need to, right, it's like they need to, if, if it's a creature that's already good without the Unleash, that's already, like, solid... Like you said, a 3-3 haster for three is great. And then you're like, well, what if it's a 4-4 haster for three that can't block? Like, fine. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, it's like an insane card, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, yeah. I that card like that exists. But I'm saying, like, I'm just trying to imagine the uh, the kind of parameters that would make uh, that would make a card very exciting uh, if, it, if, if it were in concert with, uh, with this particular mechanic. Well, on the on the topic of a of a three three for three with haste, there is a card like that. Uh, it's Dreg Mangler. Uh, it's a Golgari card, but um, it's it's interesting. And I figured we just jump jump right to that since we're kind of on the topic. Uh, Dreg Mangler is a, a black, a green, and one creature plant zombie uncommon. It's a three three haste, and it has the the uh, the Golgari mechanic, which is scavenge. So you pay three, a black, and a green. And you exile this card from your graveyard to put a number of plus one, plus one counters equal to this card's power on target creature. So, interestingly, the uh, this is another guild with a plus one, plus one counter ability. It works in a different way, but it's interesting how it sort of interacts with the Rakdos, uh, Rakdos guild in that you can move counters to to your Rakdos, to your Unleash guys... So that they are bigger, but then they can't block. It's I, it's it's weird. I'm just I'm just looking at different interactions here. I mean, let's just look at the thick card to begin with, right? Like mm-hmm. this card is like very putrid leechy from my perspective. Remember how good putrid leech was? I do. So I mean, like just having a three three haster in green for three. I mean, I think you have to like look twice at that. Like, you know, remember how good gnarled mass was? And this you guy's do. like gnarled mass with haste and another ability. Yeah. So, I mean, three threes for three have been playable in certain formats. You know, it, I don't know that modern standard, given given the evolution of especially the quality of creatures over time, 
necessarily going to be conducive to just a vanilla three three for three. But I certainly, I mean, I've certainly personally made like tons of Pro Tour qualifier top eights with cards like Silk Crawler in my deck. Like you guys know, Silk Crawler is just like way worse than Gnarled Mass. <laughs> I, I don't even remember it. But it's uh, G two for a three three when you comes in a play tap all your lands. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I mean, like. I mean, Chimeric Idol and Silkcrawler were my best friends for a long time. And so... Prophecy, uh, that's why I don't remember Yeah, <laughs> so, like, if you look at a card like this, it's obviously substantially better than Silkcrawler. Um, yeah. And, you know, the scavenge ability, I, it seems like you could get a lot of value out of it. And, I don't... I mean, I'm going to kind of refrain from full-on judgment until I see a few more cards. But this, this particular scavenge looks a little expensive to me. I don't know. Like, you know, if you play an attrition fight with somebody, you know, like trade, 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 trade. Maybe this makes Bird of Paradise into like. Yeah, it's a four five. Yeah, like or a three, a three four. Sorry, it's 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 a three four. Yeah, whatever it is. I mean, you, you make like Bird of Paradise big enough to be substantial threat without actually using additional cards. I think the fact yeah. that the Dreg Mangler with Birds of Paradise was attacking them for three on turn two anyway is probably pretty good. I don't know about the ability. I mean, I haven't seen a card yet that uh, really makes that ability seem awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can you can't do it as an instance. I don't really know, but like, I mean, a three three for three ain't bad, and having that little extra ability after it dies is pretty sweet. You know, um, I mean, it's three three haste, not just a three three for three. Right? No, right. exactly. I mean, like, I mean, he drops down attacks, and then if he gets killed. You know, next turn, if you got nothing else better to do, slap his power on something else and toughness and swing in with that. I don't know. It seems And the other thing is these cards might have like some decent synergy with a, with a card like Liliana of the Veil. Right? So um when you're playing with like a Liliana of the Veil type deck, a lot of it is just getting additional value. You know, like you know, in theory you're 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 trading one for one. You're, you're activating Liliana. Both players have to discard. It's kind of, sort of, more or less like duressing someone or Inquisition and Kozilekin someone where you're both going down a card in hand. But when you're discarding cards like like Dreg Mangler, which has Scavenge or you know whatever else, playing the graveyard type stuff you have, you know. You're making them discard a card, but you're actually like not discarding a full card. Like you're you're retaining some value. Right, right, and that is and that is is is, is good. That is good. Yeah. Can uh, can I read the card that was made for me to read in this list? Yes. Okay. Cool. So street spasm. <laughs> right. It's a red and X. It's an instant. I like it already. It's an uncommon, apparently, at least in the uh, Is It versus Golgari it is. I'm guessing it'll carry the same rarity in the set. Uh, Street Spasm deals X damage to target creature without flying. You don't control. And that sounds uh, weird wording uh, for if it only had that. <laughs> it's like, okay, why would I do that to my creature? But why wait, would you try there's to- more. Right. It has overload XXRR. You may cast this spell for its overload cost. If you do, change its text. 
Uh, so it has a built-in sleight of mind. Amazing. <laughs> By replacing all instances of target with each. Seems like there could be maybe an easier way to have put that, but who cares? Right, so, I, I'm sorry? So it's like basically like a split card of like terrible heat ray versus <laughs> like terrible bonfire to the end. <laughs> or you can pyroclasm for six. I mean, this is an expensive pyroclasm. I don't mean six damage. I mean six mana to do two damage. <laughs> Seriously, Tick creatures heat. you don't control. Oh, there's and the upside. With, or without flying. I mean, who plays flying? <laughs> so Seriously, split card. Terrible heat ray. Terrible bonfire. Both sides are bad. I mean... If if your if your bar is bonfire the damned, there's going to be a lot of terrible bonfire the damned. My bar is heat ray, and okay. it's still okay. I'm I'm just saying you you can't the bonfire is just such a high bar to uh to tr- have Amber, any card really any red card like this. I have six mana. I should be able to shoot a bane slayer angel down. Yeah, that's true. But it's it's like a street spasm, I and mean, the bane slayer is just flying around looking down at the street and all the. You know, guys getting spasmed on the street, I guess. So, Big big Head, why did you say this was your card to read? Because you were a chooser of bad cards? Because it's it's a red card, and it's got a red ability. Red ability of of negative sharing? (laughs) Overload is a cool ability. I I I mean, mean, I like it, yeah, as well, but... It has has a lot of potential. No, the card isn't that good, but, um... But the ability to change the card with the overload cost is interesting and, and applied to better cards could be good. Um, I wasn't thinking about Bonfire of the Damned when I thought about this card. So uh, that has a lot to do with it. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, if you have a choice between this and Bonfire of the Damned, you're probably going to put Bonfire of the Damned in your deck. But if you're playing... Return to Ravnica Limited. It's actually, I think, really good. You don't get oh, bonfire. Playable. You know what I mean? Like you don't get bonfire <clears throat> in that format. And if you know, if you're hoping to open a bonfire in Limited, you're doing it wrong anyway. Um, <laughs> but you know, oh, if, if only I could open this one mythic rare. So, rather than continuing to talk about all of these, uh, is, do we want to talk about any one more, one or two more specifically? Um, yes. Anything so about- jump out? Gob Electromancer, because I've been really curious to get your opinion on this card. Um, that seems like a card to enjoy. Uh, um, it's a red and blue for a 2-2 Goblin Wizard. It's a common uh, instant and sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast. I think it seems sweet. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I, I think it's sweet. It reminds me um, – <clears throat> what were those uh... – the Nightscape Familiar. Nightscape Familiar, yeah. The Stormscape Familiar, Nightscape Familiar, which, you know – I think those were good enough to see play back then, but creatures have evolved to to a degree where even though this seems pretty sweet, like my initial reaction to it was like, oh, wow, that's awesome, you know, and then you go, oh, cool, and then I can cast my Is It Charms for blue and a red. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. you know. I, I mean, the fact that your Searing Spear now costs Lightning Bolt is probably pretty good. Yeah, obviously there's going to be – you're going to get value out of it and you can uh, – if you put it in a deck that 
can really make use of it that has a lot of spells that have colorless colorless mana and colorless instants and sorceries. Um, or I'm sorry, instants and sorceries that have colorless mana in their mana cost. <laughs> that you're gonna get a lot out of. Whatever there are instances of instants and sorceries <laughs> yeah. with colorless mana and their mana costs. <laughs> uh, so you're gonna get a lot of value then. But I feel like look at this. Think about like the the world, the block that we're going into, and you're gonna go. Okay, well, there's gonna be a lot of multicolored cards, and multicolor already implies at least two mana that are going to be that are not going to be colorless right i mean and that's assuming we don't get hybrid mana back um it just feels like are you going to get uh, is it worth playing a card in your deck or even up to four cards in your deck that are you're just hoping to kind of capitalize on like the next card you play being cheaper i, I don't know i don't see it seeing much play but i like the card really i, I think it's i think it's pretty pretty playable i think that like being a bear is mm-hmm. is pretty good, and just a two for two for two, and it it has some upside, you know. Like yeah, and like a you're right actually. I think I could see it seeing play in more of a uh, in some some sort of very aggressive deck. You're you're trying to attack them a lot. You want to play a two uh, a two two. You want to play a two drop for one thing, and then you're going to make all your other spells a little bit cheaper. I think I could see that that working out fairly well, but. I don't know. I, I, I like the card, but not totally sold on it. Real quick, um, skipping this card and going to this other card. I don't really want to talk about Karazda Guild Mage all that much. Sure. Um, but it has an ability on it. I mean, it's a it's a black and a green. It's a two two. The second ability on it seems really strong. Uh, two, a black and a green sacrifice a non-token creature put X-1-1 one, one green sapperling tokens on the battlefield where X is the sacrificed creature's toughness yeah that seems really strong, does it? or am I like crazy? Like it can be really strong I mean, you have a big enough dude, right? yeah, if you're playing like wall of stone I mean, you get eight dudes <laughs> I love that that's what you went to <laughs> Thank you. Read the other ability too. Wall of Ice. That's the zero seven. Okay. Okay. Um, a, a one, a black, and a green target creature gets plus one, plus one, and gains intimidate until end of turn. So if you had like fifty thousand of manas, you could pump a creature real big and then sacrifice it to make a bunch of dudes, um, which isn't going to really ever happen. But you know what I mean, like. Um, I I, but I, I I see where you're going with this, big head. You see some possibility on this card. Uh, the thing that I want to point out is that both Karaz the Guild Mage and Gerard Golgari Lich Lord, they seem like have really tough casting costs. Yeah. Um, BBGG. Because, is that because who plays black green anyway? What's all this then? I mean, I mean like, what if you're playing a black green like, deck, then it seems like it's a pretty good casting cost. Even if you're a black green deck, you know, BBGG on turn 3 4 is like, you don't necessarily have it. Yeah, you do. You just draw better. So uh, I know uh, we're we've already been recording for a, quite a while, and I wanted to get to the reason that we got back together to record. The reason, exactly. There's a reason. There's a. There's I thought we were just gonna do this all the time now. Like Joey, just take me back. Just take me back. I'll be good. I promise. I'll be good. <laughs> we can talk about cards. It'll be just like it was before. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> take me back. No. 
Okay, sorry. Go on. <laughs> so we got a message the other day. I got a message. Joe, did you get a message? I don't get messages. I got a message. So uh, <laughs> from Mike. Nobody cares to tell me anything. And Mike was begging that we get back together so we could we could do a podcast with him. Get about, the band back together. Yeah, I, and it seemed like a good time. So we're gonna we we, uh, we got back together so we can discuss Mike's latest project, which happened to have dropped earlier today. We're recording on Friday. You guys are probably listening to this on Monday or later. Uh, I intend to have it to uh, to Lauren over the weekend, so hopefully it goes up on Monday. But uh, anyway, Mike, why don't you just uh, tell us about tell us about the OMG? So first of all, the name of the OMG, the Official Miser's Guide, it was named by Joey Pasco, which is an awesome name. Joey Pasco is an awesome name. Thank you. Well, yeah, the, I love the it. official miser's guide is also an awesome. It is name. an awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Joey named it like I don't know over a year ago. To be uh, fair, I think you presented it to me as one of the options, and I was like, "If it's you should call it that because then you can call it OMG." I I, I think that's how it went. But if you want to perpetuate the story, that I I, I, I want to perpetuate own. the story that you named it. Okay. I, I think I mean I'm trying to actually think back to the facts of the situation. I think I probably presented a couple of different ideas of what it could be named mm-hmm. and that you maybe synergized uh two or three of them and came out to the omg and, and you obviously had a great reason for it um but yeah so the official miser's guide dropped today at long last uh i poured quite a bit of uh, uh over a year of my life um into it and uh it is a 30-day audio course so the original idea was like hey you know what i I was good at and got a lot of other people kind of interested in this is, is audio content for magic. And I thought about it as kind of this thing where people can listen at their desk at work or during their commute or while they're doing something else, working out. I don't, I don't know what people do, uh, when, but they'll have hands free. So I don't know, maybe you're a moto grinder and you want to play moto and listen to the OMG or I, I was really envisioning a lot of commuters or people doing it at, at their desks at work. Uh, maybe students uh, sneaking some fun into the classroom. Anywho, so the 30-day audio course. And we also are presenting a um, PDF version of each of the of the 30 days. Um, from a book-length uh, perspective, it's uh, it's very similar in length to Patrick Chapin's Next Level Magic. Um, but I, I, I thought that, that doing the, the audio was, uh, was you know, a little bit unique and different. And I, I think it comes out pretty well. So, I mean, Joey, you've you've seen quite a bit of the OMG, like even from, you know, as I was developing it and I gave you, uh, you know, a handful of, uh, of the episodes. I mean, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to them ahead of time. Oh, yeah. Everything you've sent me, I've read or listened to. I think I've read read them because I don't think you actually sent me audio. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. I uh, I love it. And, you know, I I was excited to be included on the uh, on the trailer for the <laughs> the OMG. Yeah, I just clicked on it and saw your ugly mug on the uh, on the YouTube video. Yeah, there. don't you love how it just picks a random like frame to stop on? It's like here's this guy <laughs> blinking that has you know that did not write the book, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it because don't as as like the the video owner don't they let you pick like they, they should like, but like maybe like three not. or so frames like I'm gonna pick the one of Amaric blinking. <laughs> They're trying to. To hose you, bro. They're trying to keep you down. I'm just kidding. 
I mean, maybe they were just afraid of picking one of the ones of me. I don't look very good. And, uh, I don't know. Like, isn't it like a three minute video, and you're in like a minute, and a, the first minute and a half, and then like the final twenty seconds? I'm on it for like twenty seconds. Josh is in it for a while. Yeah, and uh, but you're you're in sixty percent of the video is you, and it still picked a frame of me. I, so. ma- I imagine you're you're. What you say is something like this. I don't know why I cannot open my eyes, but I'm on the roof of a building. And this is very scary place. But then the, um, there's a lot of great testimonials, actually, on the on the uh, sales.starcitygames.com slash OMG page. Uh, and I think that they're actually going to switch these to, to hyperlink into, into playing the audio testimonials that, you know, Everyone actually already actually said these things in the recordings. Um, I think, at least in parts, it's, it's among the best stuff that I've ever done, uh, and it's really different, I think, than than anything I've ever done. And I, I think there's a lot of content in it that's that's quite different than maybe anyone's ever done, at least in Magic, you know. Um, yeah. So I, I think the whole concept of it is great. Like you said, the actually doing it in audio form, I think, is already like uh, an awesome idea because. I think that's one of the reasons that podcasts have kind of taken off is that people have their their uh, their time at work. Some sometimes they're at work and they have a job where they can listen to something, but they can't. They couldn't read something because they're they're working. Um, I know I had a job like that, and I was like itching for audio content. I was listening to comic book podcasts and you know, talk radio and the random few magic podcasts I could find at the time. This is like back in 2004, 2005. And, um, you know, so it's like that kind of person or the person who has like a a long commute that already, I think is a great idea. And then that really was the intent. Um, so, uh, from a content perspective, uh, I've had mostly very good feedback. Um, from a presentation perspective, you know, we really were trying to do something unique and different. Uh, and, you know, personally speaking, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. And again, I think I said in an article I put out for Flores Friday, I haven't really been scared in 23 years, but I was a little apprehensive about this. Because, um, you know, I guess even though I'm out there in magic media literally every week, um, I, I felt like I was putting myself out in a little bit different way. Uh, but Patrick's been so successful with Next Level Magic and some of the other stuff that he's done. You know, he's telling me, like, one of the big reasons why I came back to Star City, you know, people people ask me this all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Evan, Patrick, and Steve Sade, who was the content manager at the time, were all like, "Look, we want you to do different, interesting kinds of content." You know, again, um, Patrick's so successful, and and just like the opportunity to do something like this was it's really flattering, and you know, hopefully, it'll be be a big success. I think it will be. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can't wait to listen to it. I've obviously I've read some of the stuff, but I haven't heard the final cuts of anything. Or I haven't heard any of it. And I haven't read the final edit, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. I um I know you can listen to the the first chapter for free right on the Star City page. You can. So you can check that out if you guys are uh, are interested. The and... first one's free, and then you're going to be snorting OMG Coke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, we'll, I'll definitely link that in in the show notes. Uh, you guys, if you're on Star City, I'm sure you can find it anyway because it's right at the top of the page. But I will also link it. Um, it is 
simple, powerful, and effective, according to the uh, the ad here. And, and I agree, everything I've heard is pretty pretty much fits that that description. So. I know I, myself, I read a couple chapters of it. I think you sent me at least the first chapter. Maybe you sent me a couple others. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff that I read is is phenomenal. And uh, and I love, I love the idea of doing it in audio style and then having, of course, the text accompaniment. Um, it's still, still, to this day, I think uh, maybe my proudest moment in our 100 episodes is getting you and Chapin sitting across from each other in Minneapolis uh, talking the most random crazy crap that I've ever heard like that was just to me like this I was like I don't need to say a word I'm just gonna hold this here and sit here and holy crap this is happening it was just one of those moments that like I don't think I'll ever like be able to to top if you guys are wondering what we're talking about and haven't heard it, there was a whole podcast we did with Flores and Chapin in summer 2010 at uh, in Minneapolis. It was uh, it was at Nationals, yeah, U.S. Nationals. So I think it was two episodes. I don't know which one it was that had the craziness. I'm sure actually both maybe, but uh, it's uh, it would be summer 2010, and the episodes were Dex in the City, Part One and Part Two. But go buy the OMG. Go buy it right now. Uh, don't wait. Yeah. <laughs> buy it, buy it. Buy it's, it now. It's $37. You get 30 days of content, right? I mean, you can obviously just listen to it all straight through, like apparently uh, Dipplesticks did on Twitter, right? Wasn't it? He's really oh, yeah. listening to like six or eight episodes in a row. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you can go you know, straight through it, or you can separate it out into days. Um, and 30 days of content for $1.25 a day, less than $1.25 a day. I mean, there's also sweet interviews. And bonus tracks. Yeah, so the, the bonus tracks is that that's on top of the uh, yeah. thirty. So you actually so getting like more than that. I guess that's why they're called bonus. Um, I think yeah. just I think that who's the beat down with Bella Flores is probably going to be worth the cost of it alone, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I don't know that people would pay thirty seven dollars to listen to my daughter read Who's the Beat Down, but, but I think that's just going to be. But if, so if they awesome. were, I mean, you know, I'm glad to take the money. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it looks awesome. I uh, I can't wait to to check it all out. I'm probably gonna just listen straight through too. How so? How long is each one? Are they all different kind of um, lengths, like, roughly? Between twenty and forty minutes, most of them. Okay. Uh, I mean, some of them are probably trailing up towards an hour. Uh, but I, I try to keep it to at least twenty minutes uh, per an episode. But I, I don't think there are actually any that are. So my goal was. 20 minutes or more, but I don't think any of them are actually near 20 minutes. I think most of them are probably close to 40 minutes. Cool. Well, I guess we should wrap it up. Thanks, Mike, for uh, for getting us to uh, to get back together and have a conversation. Hey, at the, at the end of the first hundred episodes run, you guys were like, "We're going to come back for special events." Yeah. What's more special than the OMG? Exactly. Exactly. Think of anything. Joe, I'm glad awesome. to hear that you're uh, you're in a better place than the first place you were in in Texas. Yeah, in a, in a better place, period, I'd say. Yeah, you know, absolutely. place than I was before I moved. Um, in a better place now than I was living, you know. But, like, really, in my life, I feel like I'm in a, you know... <laughs> it sounds like I'm, <laughs> I'm eulogizing myself. <laughs> he's, he's off to a better place. He's in a better place now. It's called Dallas. 
I guess, uh, you know, for those of you guys listening and maybe don't know, I am now co-hosting the In Contention podcast, also available on StarCityGames.com every Wednesday, although our upcoming episode will be on a th- on Thursday because that's the date that, uh, that Wizards told us we had to post the episode if we wanted a preview card. So yes, we got a preview card from Return to Ravnica, and it'll be up uh, next Thursday. On Star City. Actually, I say next Thursday. I mean this Thursday, because it's Friday now, and it's less than a week away. So keep an eye out for that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Mike, for joining us. Thanks, Joe, for uh, coming back to the podcast. Uh, We're not going to be recording next week necessarily, but special events will keep coming back. Uh, Uh, It's all maybes, you know, but uh, uh, it was a lot of fun doing it. Um, It was really great to uh, talk to both of you guys again. Well then, until next time, we are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing. I'm like really flattered and excited about some of that stuff, you know, uh, pain, especially, you know, it's so flattering. Cause I, I don't really know the guy, mm-hmm. uh, just, uh, KYT. Yeah. Uh, this guy that I work with, um, you know, he's, he's going to be playing in the pro tour and, and he's really taken with, uh, some of the stuff he works on with mindset. And Joe, is that you, you know, moving around? That's, that's not me. Funny. I think that's Mike. That you, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> it made it sound like since you were talking, Mike, I yeah. assumed it was Joe, and it just sounded like Joe was just snorting coke. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, oh, what a better time to break edge than while we're recording. <laughs> Yahtzee. We are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing. Look, I did it normal. Isn't that amazing? Like, I didn't even do anything stupid this time. And I forgot about Stop Bitch and Start Brewing. I did, too. That's why I was like, I I literally forgot about it because it's been so long. It's like that. That's what they said. That's Um, your, like, ours is the fury. That's your winter is coming. There we go. The, um, it's like the Louis C.K. thing. It's like, what did they say before Jesus Christ? You know, it's like, mm, uh, <laughs> uh, that is bananas. You know, like, <laughs> like it's like, it's like, wait a minute, how do we end this? <laughs> we are, we are, we're a podcast that, and and we, uh, you like to listen to. Um, well, okay, bye!